This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up, everyone? Thank you all for spending some time with us today. I'm your host, Asher Tolliver. Guys and gals, we are rolling right along through the spring. We're going to be in swim trunks at the lake on the party barge before we know it. There are a ton of great choices when it comes to picking out a reputable waterfowl outfitter, especially when it comes to the Central Flyway. It's critical that these outfitters possess the ability to market themselves properly due to the increasing amount of quality competition. Today, I am joined on the phone by the owners of a waterfowl outfit that has absolutely exploded onto the scene the last few years. The outfit I'm referring to is Falco out of Garber, Oklahoma, and I'm joined by Mr. Josh Teff, Mr. John David Blagg, and Mr. Aaron Seifritz. How are you gentlemen doing on this fine Tuesday? Doing fine. Fantastic. Doing good. Thanks, good. man. Good. Yes, good. sir. Thank you guys uh, for joining me today. You know, we're uh, enjoying the beauty of the spring here in the natural state. You know, uh, I know you guys are are all Arkansas guys. Is that correct? In yes, order. Awesome, yeah, man. man. Awesome. Yeah. Born and bred. Based off of what I've seen on social media, it looks like you uh you all are enjoying the fruits of the spring with some fine long beards. Yes, yes, we are. Josh is enjoying it a little more than Aaron and I. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got COVID. Uh I'm still oh, at the man. tail end of uh I'm I'm out of the quarantine deal, but I'm I uh quarantined at Falco with the intent of being able to hunt every day. And uh, after the second day of sitting out in the woods and coughing, I realized I'm not doing much good. So uh, I haven't been able to hunt as much, but hopefully we can pick it back up at the end of the season here. Man, how are you, uh, how many days in are you from finding out that you had COVID? Man, I'm about 15 days and it's just lingering crap, like a cough, you know, but. I'm out of my quarantine and all that. So things are looking up. Good deal, man. Good deal. You know, I was talking to Josh before we got you guys on the phone and we were we were talking a little bit about turkey hunting and I was just telling him I've never seen anybody as ate up with turkeys as as Cade and Kyle are. And I'm pretty sure if they could hunt turkeys all the time, they would never ever hunt a duck or goose again are you guys those diehard crazy turkey guys like that where it occupies your mind year round or is turkey just something that you enjoy doing come spring man it occupies my brain uh <laughs> 365 days a year uh and yeah i like to duck hunts so. yeah thing. i mean i think i think we're all equally as passionate about it i'm I'm making up for lost time last year. I was I only got to go for one weekend last year, and I kind of set my mind that I was gonna try to make up for it this year. So I told my wife, "Come spring last year, I told her, come spring of 21, prepare for me to be gone a lot because I'm I'm gonna do it." And I, and I have, and it's been it's been awesome. I got one more trip to Eastern Montana, and then I'm hanging it up. But it's been I've had a heck of a heck of a season so far, and it's uh, it's I've been pretty. I hate to call it luck, but um, blessed. I'll tell you that I've been very blessed with have some opportunities, so been good. And yeah, I'm man. Sorry. Me and uh, me and Aaron usually have always said kind of to each other, and I know Josh is kind of 
getting back to this, but if we could give it all up and hunt one thing, it'd probably be turkeys. Uh, and that's why, you know, people ask us all the time, do y'all got turkey on Alco? And we're like, man, that's our, that's our time. You know? That's right. That's your, your that's kind of your escape. You know, you're coming off of a just grinding, kicking ass waterfowl season, getting after it every day. And now this is kind of your opportunity to get out there and get yours. That's right. <laughs> you know, Josh, that trip to Montana, is that gonna, is that to complete your single season slam? Yeah, I've actually never killed a Miriam, so it's going to not only complete a slam, the the North American slam, but it'll yeah, it'll get it in one season. Sweet. And uh, lucky got a couple of Rios in Texas with John David and and um, my middle son and John David's dad, and and then um, went to Florida, killed an Osceola, drove to Georgia, killed an Eastern, and and did all that within a I don't know about a eight or nine day period. So it was. Uh, it was a really fun run there for a minute. So I had to wait a little while. My wife's gone on work trip this week. I was going to try to go this week, but she, she eliminated the ability to do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm waiting until a week or two from now. Oh, I guess week after. Yeah. Man, those, those mountain Merriams, Cade and Forrest and Kyle, they went out and hunted some public ground in Colorado a couple of weeks ago now. And man, that was the coolest thing watching that and then kind of talking to Cade and recapping it, man, in 24 hours, they basically went to a spot that they had never even been to. And they all are, you know, they're, they're good hunters. They know what they're doing, but 24 hours, all three of them tagged out. They went morning, afternoon, morning, get a flight, hit the road done in Colorado. So that one was, that was pretty fun to kind of watch on their story. And then just Cade, if you watch him in his story, like the way he gets fired up, over turkey the killer it dude is the it is so entertaining man i've got more screen grabs that i've taken from pictures of him just losing his mind over a turkey like there's one last spring <laughs> he hunted mississippi for like he killed himself man he really did i mean he is freaking mad at him and he was out there sleeping in the back of his his forerunner he was in mississippi he finally killed one in this video i'm 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 pretty sure I'm 99 percent sure he, he started started crying and I screen grabbed it <laughs> and I just randomly will send that in a group text with like me and Forrest and Kyle and Kate and I'll just it'll just be totally random like we won't even be talking and I just send it well then it got to where we just when we were together somebody would just randomly airdrop it or we'd like get on a plane on a flight and we would just start airdropping that picture. And he's like, man, y'all need to chill out, bro. Like this is, my, <laughs> this is my stuff. But I was, I was telling Josh, I've never even, I'd never even been turkey hunting until last Friday playing a spring sport my whole life. And I was telling him my, my brother-in-law's his dad, he called me in one of these bottomland Easterns here in the Delta and man, I'll say it was a lot more thrilling than, than I expected it to be. It, uh, it won't be the, where last were you, time. where, I mean, as a turkey hunter, I know you're not going to tell me where, but what, well, it, it was around? private ground. So it's not a big deal. It was in Judsonia. So, okay. uh, just right there before you get to bald knob, uh, Northeast, uh, out of Little Rock, you know, 45 minutes. Oh, I know, just past I know where that is. Yep. Yeah. If you've oh, spent yeah. any time over there, duck hunting, whether it was, 
uh, Hurricane or, or Black Swamp, Cash River Bottoms, then you'll know exactly where Judsonia is. So, yeah. Uh, so my wife Asher is from Augusta. Oh, okay. So she's right there. Yeah. yeah. Right there. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then John David's from Dumas, and Aaron's originally from Pine Bluff. So they're all kind of that same general area, then a little further south. Freaking Arkansans, man. I love it. Now, right. Can you all tell me just a little bit? about your your background your hunting background josh we'll start with you yeah i uh so i started i'd never hunted in my whole life until i was 14 and uh, some buddies and their dad asked if i wanted to go deer hunting and i went and um i'd always wanted to go you know my dad and mom were we were you know barely scraping by when i was young so mm-hmm. they they work so much. My old man would have loved to have taken us to fish and hunt. He just didn't have time. You know, he's working all the time. So, um, so I didn't get the opportunity until then. But when I went, I shot a, I shot a buck my first time I ever went. And, you know, it was just like, I don't know. It, it was like, it just hit me like a, you know, ton of bricks. Like I needed to do this all the time and, and, uh, started out deer hunting for the most part you know ask for a gun every christmas or something related to to deer hunting from that point on and then um and then i I probably when i was i want to say the first time i duck hunted was when i was 18 ish somewhere in there and um and kind of got the bug for that too because i'm kind of a social guy and you know i still love to deer hunt and i did that all the way through my mid-20s but um pretty pretty seriously you know worked for texas trophy hunters for a couple of years and and got to travel to some unbelievable places chasing deer but the waterfowl thing just kind of started to take over my drive to want to hunt deer and and then um and then worked for a um private club and started guiding about uh, 12 years ago uh waterfowl and and hunted waterfowl like i said since i was 18 really seriously like loved it you talk about biomeda so Harold and I, our other partner, we spent probably 10 or 12 seasons hunting just about every weekend of duck season in Biomeda until, mm-hmm. you know, it got, it got completely out of hand in there. But, um, but yeah, so then, you know, guided for the last 11 years before we, uh, started Falco and just kind of, you know, one of those deals, I'm, my personality is I, I kind of do something, I go all in and, and I want to know everything, you know, so I try to be a student of yeah. every, every aspect of whatever I'm doing. And, and, you know, probably that way about too many things. If you ask my wife, I mean, I'm she's like, you're just obsessed with one thing to the next, you know? And, um, but the waterfowl thing has been a, it's been the most consistent one I've always, and you know, now turkeys too. I just love, I love chasing animals that, um, I kind of figured out what I love about them both is like the interaction, you know, deer hunting, you're just kind of hoping and praying that that buck walks in and you get lucky really. Um, whereas with waterfowl and turkeys and probably elk, which that's what's kept me from, from elk hunting much is I'm afraid I'd be obsessed with it too. Cause I love the interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, I love trying to make them do what, Definitely. what I want to do. But, um, but yeah, that's pretty well the extent of my, my hunting background Sweet. and, um, really broke into calling, you know, really early on hunting ducks and, and had a really good teacher. And, and so that's always been a passion, you know, operating a call, understanding how to modify them a little bit mm-hmm. here and there. Um, we had a cut down call deal going for a while called the biometer regulator. You might've heard of it. Yeah, but, um, sure have. yeah. So we did that for a little while and, and, you know, it's, it's fun. I mean, it, that's what I say, every aspect of it, I, I love it all and try to, 
keep learning, you know, all the time. You always keep learning. What about you, J.D.? Man, uh, I grew up in a farming family in uh, Dumas, and uh, my dad, you know, from as long as I can remember, really, um, you know, we farmed in the summer, and he got a duck hunts in the winter. Um, and uh, so I, I was brought up, you know, from, I, mean, I killed my first duck with my dad when I was five. He put me in a pair of red ball of his old red ball uh, rubber waders and duct tape them around where they didn't slide off my feet. And I was shooting a 20 gauge uh, a, a Belgium, you know, flat back mm-hmm. uh, and uh, <clears throat> fell back in the blind as I shot my first pintail drake. That was the first <laughs> duck I ever killed in one of our rice fields out there. But uh, so, I mean, yeah, man, I, 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 as far as being introduced to it, it was just a part of our life. Um, and, uh, and quickly, you know, my dad's passions became my passions. Um, that's where I developed a love for turkey hunting as well. And, you know, he was just, I was fortunate enough, man. Uh, uh, God was kind enough to give me a dad that loved to take me and was really good at it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, I mean, that's something that I, I don't really take for granted and I'm super thankful for uh anyway hunted you know helped dad and then started helping dad guide um he uh we had a, a place that we owned with a, a guy that owned prairie wings okay um and it was called delta wings and uh you know we got it around uh dumas and gould area and then uh dad helped with the uh, um, prairie wings stuff uh, and so yeah i mean like from as far as i can remember I was, uh, I wouldn't say I was a guide. I would say I was, uh, a little punk that they, they cussed at and told me to go get long sailors and, uh, stay up late putting shotguns together and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, 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 uh, it didn't come easy. That's <laughs> what I'd say. Well, from but, being uh, from yeah. a huge town of Dumas, you know, they're, uh, unless it's grown a lot, from my knowledge, I want to say it's probably less than five thousand people. I don't About know what else. I don't people. know what yeah. else you're going to do there uh, if you're that's not right, into hunting man. and fishing. <laughs> that's that's why I said. That's what I always say, man. Uh, now, did you really graduate no high school there? there? No. Uh, so when my parents were divorced, and uh, my mom moved to Texarkana. Okay. Uh, married a guy that was a doctor in Texarkana, so I was back and forth during the summers. I had to be on the farm working all summer, and then. Uh, winter breaks, you know, when I got into high school and stuff like that, I was down there helping, you know. So, uh, high school and stuff, I went to high school in Texarkana, which, you know, we had good hunting around Texarkana as well. And I uh, got to experience something different, you know. It wasn't the timber and rice fields I was used to, and we were hunting the river. And, um, but yeah, man, it, it was, I had a pretty fortunate. Um, upbringing as far as hunting definitely i bet you know where dermont is oh yeah that's where i shot my yeah. first band was in dermont yeah. i shot a rossi down in dermont. that is awesome yeah sure yeah did. man we i hunted i hunted around dermont with the maxwells and uh, they've got ground down there and close friends of ours and yeah all that area heck yeah man southeast arkansas what about you aaron man uh as josh said earlier i'm originally from pine bluff arkansas and uh Man, as far as like hunting went in my youth, I was extra privileged to uh, 
have a grandfather who was a uh, chairman of the game fish commission in 87 and okay. uh which always uh, gave me a chance to hunt a lot of places as a young man and uh man he was a quail hunter a bighorn sheep hunter and uh and i grew up kind of on the floor of his house looking up at all his mounts and everything so i don't know i guess a lot of it was kind of set in motion pretty early for me and uh my dad always a big hunter and uh has been a retriever trainer uh since the 70s and so man it's just uh I've been immersed in it my entire life, you know, as far as that goes, my, uh, dad and grandfather, I realized I was pretty young that I wasn't going to be a John David size guy, a D one football player. Uh, I'm, John right. David likes to say I'm uh, built like a gray squirrel. So I made a pretty young <laughs> age. The men in my family pointed me towards hunting as something, uh, that they thought I'd be good at, you know, uh, it'd be like a life skill, something I could do a lot. So it all started pretty early. Uh, for me, I um, went out to college and went to Colorado State. And uh, coming from Arkansas to Colorado, I figured out pretty quick after being there a couple of years that uh, if you were going to get on ducks, uh, particularly ducks in northeastern Colorado, mm-hmm. you, you had to be on private ground. Um, my dad was training a retriever for a waterfowl guide that had a small operation out there at the time and uh and he had torn his acl uh, which kind of gave me a window opportunity when i was a sophomore in college uh to start helping him guide duck hunts right off the north north platte river right there around colorado okay and uh man i spent a couple years guiding there uh graduating colorado state with a degree in outdoor recreation and tourism and then uh moved back to arkansas and as soon as I got home, I drove down to Stuttgart and uh, got a job guiding at a lodge called Wildlife Farms, um, which which is a private place now. Uh, it wasn't back then. And, uh, man, I was there 12 or 13 seasons, 10 of them full time on Oxbow Lake, parking on cut down olds, uh, mm-hmm. you know, tra- trafficking mallards and doing all that stuff. Yes, uh, it it privatized uh, shortly. uh well, I guess about five years ago, 2015, 2016, and uh, that was uh, kind of the stimulus, if you will, for my uh, relationship with Josh and John David and, uh, you know, kind of helped uh, lead me towards Falco Outfitters, if you will. Definitely. You know, one thing I noticed, all three of you guys talking about that and what I not just noticed but really appreciate is all three of you mentioned how, basically how lucky, how blessed you are to have the opportunity to grow up maybe in a household or an environment, a hunting environment, whether dad, grandfather, mentor, you know, I think it's really easy for a lot of us. I'm, I'm uh, in the same situation. I'm very, very lucky to have a similar background. And I think it's really easy sometimes for guys when that's all they know is you just kind of expect people to know all the things that just came natural to you through you're learning from whoever taught you well, a lot of people you it's it's easy to think man you should you should know that stuff when in the reality the only reason we know that stuff or we know what it's all about is because we had somebody that was mentoring us and showing us you know during our upbringing where other people they're maybe learning this stuff later in life and didn't have those advantages so i really Absolutely. like how you guys kind of <clears throat> pointed to that and just mentioned you know how how lucky you were to have that type of upbringing because man it's 
there's no time too late to learn. It's never too late for anybody, but getting the opportunity to do that stuff from a young age is just pretty special. You know, I'm sitting here looking at a picture on a a tailgate of a deer with my dad and I couldn't have been no more than maybe, gosh, maybe four or five years old. But uh, just seeing that stuff is just, it's just kind of cool getting to know that you got the opportunity to do this basically your whole life and learn from people that learn from your great grandfather and learning from the people that they learn from. It's just, it's kind of cool to have that little bit of heritage in your family, if you will. Yeah, it is, man. And I, you know, you touch on something that really kind of hits home for what I feel like we really try to do or one of the things that I enjoy and I know John David and Aaron enjoy it a lot too is sort of I mean it's almost like a driver for being a guide is that you know for people that don't take that for granted and you do see how big of an impact it's had on your existence Mm -hmm. like being able to introduce someone to it you know that has never experienced it or or they you know they have no clue like why we're so obsessed with it and then you know get introduced them to it and and see their reaction you know i mean that's like the biggest payoff from a hunting of a hunting experiential perspective it's like the biggest payoff you could ask for and it's there's you never it never gets old you know that that part of it for me never gets old definitely man i mean other than baseball the outdoors hunting fish i mean that's my entire life man i mean that's that's all I want to do other than, you know, spend time with my family and introduce them to the things that I love. I can't imagine my life without it. So, you know, we're all, we're all very, very lucky guys. It sounds like now, do you guys do anything else in the off season or is Falco full time? Yeah, I'm uh, like, I told you, I'm actually installing door hardware right now in a house i have a construction company in northwest arkansas okay uh and uh i've got an awesome partner uh justin colors that uh allows me to you know do chase my dream and do falco um during during the waterfowl season and uh you know i started this construction company oh 2008 right after uh really the big crash really 2009 after the big residential crash in the market up here and uh man god has just truly blessed it and uh it's given me an an incredible living and and uh me and my family and we get to live in northwest arkansas and we love it here um but let's see probably three years ago is when uh I, i realized that that i wanted to do something different and uh it's kind of i guess when the lord started laying it on my heart that uh you know i need to be doing something that i'm passionate about and uh that's when my partner came along and and we'll get into that more um here in a minute i'm sure but yes uh i have a construction company and uh you know i I do that during the off season awesome and uh and i am a full-blown retriever trainer so I'm not real duck hunting. I'm over here fake duck hunting with uh, 30 lads every day. And I, I he's too the best. Have a, he's the best I, dog trainer. I I too have a fantastic uh, partner over here and a guy named Jake Stinson that uh, takes over 
uh, during Falco times when I'm over at the lodge, that uh, keeps this ball rolling for me. So, um, again, a blessed there as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm blessed with a, a little bit different situation. I do the uh, I do the day to day stuff. It's really not a ton. I mean, I say you you really couldn't call it full time work in the off season, but um, but with the social media and and kind of keeping the schedule straight, you know, taking deposits, managing the calendar, um, trying to get uh, maintenance stuff figured out, you know, stuff we need to get done sure. for the upcoming. Sure. So I I try to handle all that stuff. And then, um, and then the rest of the time in the off season, which is by far the majority, um, I'm just kind of a stay at home dad, <clears throat> pick my kids up and try to make up for all the time. My wife who also works, you know, she's working full time, has a career and, uh, really is the reason that I'm able to, I was ever able to do this in the first place. Um, she, it's kind of make up time for me being gone for four or five months out of the year. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it works and um yeah so that's what i do you guys live in a beautiful part of the state man northwest arkansas it's it's pretty special um the outdoor recreation opportunity you know certainly not the biggest hot spot for waterfowl you've got to get over into oklahoma or make your way up to kansas whatnot if you're going to go chase quality waterfowl hunting but you know with beaver lake and then you've got what table rocks, not just too terribly far up there into Missouri. And then the trout fishing opportunities are pretty much endless. So that's a beautiful part of the state. And I would say, you know, Northwest Arkansas is probably the, the crown jewel of the state. I've always enjoyed my, my time up there in Northwest Arkansas. It's, it's truly, truly a beautiful part of the state. Now, it is, man. how, how did you guys meet? Like how did how did Falco how did you all meet and then how did Falco come to be? Aaron, why don't you tell them how we met? Aaron, you losing? JD, yeah, no, I'm here. JD, I don't even know what year that was anymore. Uh, Fifteen. Well, how old is I, how old is Lila? She was like one and a half. Yeah, so that'd be like. 11 years ago. 11 years ago, I was sitting on the beach in Florida and. Uh, a kid that clearly looked like a rice farmer's son. And I'm always fishing for a new duck hunting spot. Uh, came walking down the beach with a little one-year-old girl holding on to his thumb. And I took one look at him and I told my wife he had a Razorback hat on. So I knew he was from the home state. And I said, well, uh, he's a rice farmer's kid. And I said, hey, man, we pig. How was your duck season? Um, within a few minutes <laughs> of talking, we realized that, uh, number one, we lived in the same town. Number two, we had 50 mutual friends. And Number three, that our fathers uh, knew each other and had a relationship. And so that's uh, how it came to be for uh, John, David, and I, for sure. Yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty wild story there. We lived uh, a couple streets over from each other, and from that point, we were we were best buds. Isn't that funny how our Kansans just will be in random places and states? and you just see somebody with a Razorback hat on, and you know naturally that you're going to have something in common pretty quickly. You know, like are, there's other, there's other states people. that, you know, they've got, they've got their teams, they've got multiple colleges, but there's no place really, in my opinion, that the whole state, the common theme is they revolve around the Razorbacks. I mean, they are 
our pro team. You know, they are oh, our yeah. they are our big league. So it's like you see somebody at the beach or at the mountains with a Razorback hat on, it's like automatic that you're going to talk to them. Like you're not just going to see somebody with a Razorback hat on and not talk to them. Sure. You are out away from home, which is hilarious. So that's a yeah. pretty cool story. So you guys, what, you you exchanged each other's contacts, and then whenever you got back home, you just started hanging out, grilling out? Yeah. Like, yeah, we did, man. We started hanging out, getting the families together, uh, ran into each other a couple times. Um, Josh and John David met separately, but um, my dad uh, and Josh knew each other, and for years there was a lot of people that, had come up to me and, and told me that I should know Josh and uh, I mean, him had similar, similar goals and dreams and aspirations and things like that. And uh, John David and Josh formed a relationship somewhere in there. Um, and then as the story goes that we've told before, uh, and I guess we prefaced this perfectly with the turkey hunting deal. Uh, anyone sort of turkey hunting with me knows that moment when turkeys come in on me that my eyes go black uh and i can't really i get tunnel vision i can't see much else but for whatever reason um man a kind of bolt of lightning hit me uh you know call it divine intervention call it what you will and i turned to john david as we had four goblin turkeys coming in on us and told him to text josh Teff and ask him if he wanted to get a plate of barbecue next wednesday at the uh, whole hog here in fayetteville and john david sent josh a message josh responded that he'd meet and uh Man, over a couple plates of brisket is kind of where we first started. Uh, he downplayed that a little bit when he told when he asked me that. I said, "Dude, are you an idiot?" There's, you know, we got four times coming in right now, and he's like, "Yes, I'm serious." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, well, he's being led by something other than, uh, you know, just the desire to start an outfit." So uh, I, I was like, "I better text him right now." Yeah, yeah, man, and that that's just. Uh, that's the way it works. There's not there's not many things in my mind, but uh, I guess I had to get that off my plate for I could continue with my turkey mission that day. So Josh sure. and yeah, AD, so, how'd you guys? Well, what's crazy? So you kind of, if you think about everything we're telling you, <clears throat> the timing of all this is. I mean, this is the reason, and we'll speak more to this as we go on. But while we all, um, you know, deep in our cores, know that this this business our you know falco in general is was so much more than you know just what we wanted to do you know so just keep that in mind but anyway we um so i uh, met john david in a barbershop randomly but previous to that like probably two or three years before that i knew who he was i didn't i'd never talked to him i would see him at church and we went to the same church so I have three kids. He's got three kids. They're a little different in age, but um, whenever I would see him, you know, we get we get asked all the time now if we're brothers. Like we've been asked, I don't know how many times. So we, I mean, just like a natural, like that dude kind of looks like me, and just he dresses kind of the way I dress, and he seems like somebody kind of like Aaron, you know, but in a different, you know, different different reasons. I would see him, and I well, we never met. But I knew who I eventually figured out, you know, I forget how, but I figured out his name. So um, he actually ended up, John David had a, what was the coffee shop, J.D.? You talking about Crown? Yeah, no, I'm talking about Puritan. It's a coffee shop, right? Yeah, man, I was a part owner in a, uh, like a, a tap room coffee shop on Dixon. Um called puritan and uh jeremy's brother 
had done a lot of uh, design work for Puritan. So I'd known Jeremy uh, through that and uh, knowing that he loved duck hunt and stuff like that. So we, uh, we were having a tasting one night and Jeremy was there and, and we finally got to visit. And I said, Hey dude, like, I feel like we're a lot alike. Um, you know, you've got the, um, you've got the, the creative, the, you know, graphic design stuff. And I was in a band for years, um, after I played uh, football. And, uh, so I was like, I feel like we're a lot alike. So we hit it off and he was like, you think I like the duck hunt? You need to meet my brother. And, uh, <laughs> at the time I was like, all right, well, um, anyway, so from that point on, it was like Josh said, we would have so many people come up and be like, Hey, so I know you, you hunt with Josh, right? And I'm like, no, I don't. And you're like the 15th person that's asked me if I know Josh Seth. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of same on both ends, which is cool. Cause, uh, you know, I mean, to me, I just take that as the Lord starting to align people, you know? Sure. And, uh, and so, and that's, that's what happened, man. So yeah, it's just so one of those guys you're like, man, I bet we'd be friends if we met. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. sure. Yeah. yeah. So we're, I'm in the barber chair, local barber we both go to. I'm in the barber chair. John David walks in. This is before I ever had met Aaron, but Aaron's dad, like he said, had trained dogs for me for probably 10 years. And that same thing. I mean, I heard about Aaron a lot before I ever met him. Um, so they had their chance meeting in that, you know, during that time. And then John David and I meet in the barbershop. And, uh, and so I invited him to come and hunt at the place I was guiding at. And, you know, we just fast friends, you know, uh, kindred spirits. So, uh, that was in, I want to say that was in uh, December, was it December or January, John David? 2016? Was it, it was the seven, it was the 16-17 season. But I think it was, I think it was December, January of 17, somewhere in there. Yeah. And so I had uh and mind you none of us had ever talked about doing anything in the outfitting world at all i mean we were just buddies so um still hadn't met aaron yet but i had decided i was going to leave this uh this private club that i was managing for the past eight almost nine years and um and i made that decision in march um after john david and i had met well in march i had no clue what i was going to do i mean i i was just thinking i told my wife i was like i'm gonna pray about it and hopefully, you know, the good Lord will show me a path, you know, open up some doors or whatever. Real, I was in trucking for a long time before that, and I, I hated the idea of going back into the trucking business, um, brokering freight and whatnot. But anyway, so I was just praying about it. And then uh, that was in March. Well, John, David, and Aaron are turkey hunting in April. And I'm still at that place I was at. You know, fortunately, the owner was, you know, kind enough to let me work there as long as I needed to until I decided where I was going to go. And then we had lunch in sometime in April. I don't remember exactly the date, but uh, I was like, well, okay. You know, we like random phone call from somebody I barely, I'd only known for a few months and, and Aaron who I'd heard about forever. And so uh, what kind of drove the situation forward, we talked about it. And at the end of that lunch meeting, you know, we all agreed it was something that would be really cool to do. Um, but resources and, and all that stuff, you know, still kind of up in the air. And I just told them at the time, the only thing I was sure of is where we were, where I would go. You know, if I were going to do it, it would be in Northern Oklahoma. Cause I'd spent the last uh, four or five seasons randomly going over there. And every time I went, it was just, you know, phenomenal hunting. Mm -hmm. 
um, and the resource was abundant and there wasn't a lot of pressure and there wasn't a lot of outfitters in the area, you know, especially like a commercial lodge type setup. So, um, within two weeks of that, another guy that I'd hunted with calls me and we basically had the same conversation that John David and Aaron and I had. So that was like the catalyst for, I need to, I need to like move forward and try to push this. So, um, the first guy that popped in my head to call as far as getting the resources to do it, monetary resources anyway, cause I was like, man, this is, we're going to do it. We don't want, I don't really want to dip my toe in. Um, I'm yeah, sure JD and Aaron, yeah. JD and Aaron would attest that, you know, that's kind of my personality is I'm either I'm all in or I'm all out. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to dabble in something. So I, uh, I set up a lot, set up well, a lot of stuff happened. I won't, you know, there's a lot of details in there, but I, I basically what happened was I set up, we set up a lunch meeting with this guy. He said yes on the spot to fund the whole thing. And it didn't seem real at the time. I mean, I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening. You know, if I would have known it was this easy, we've done this a long time ago. Um, but you know, things had to happen to kind of put prod us in that direction. So, uh, anyway, we're, we're moving along, you know, we've got access to the money. I called John David and Aaron. They didn't even believe me in the beginning. I don't think they, it was kind of a too good to be true scenario. And, um, but here we are, you know, we, we, we get out there and, and start looking for a piece of ground to buy. I think we bought the property we sit on in October of 17, um, started on the lodge in, uh, April of 18 and then had the keys to it September of 18 and uh, had our first clients November of 18. So just finished up year three and about to start year four. Wow. The lodge you guys built, it's incredible. I mean, like you said, that's a, it's a huge decision, especially financially. I mean, once you take that step you're fully committed, you're all in, there's no going back. How difficult well, was that yeah. decision to, you ahead, know, to, to put up a lodge and to settle in that particular location, knowing like, this is it, like we're doing this. Well, what I, what I would say is kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Um, with my construction business, you know, I'm good at it because of my people skills. Um, I'm not a fool. And to, to think that I'm, the best contractor that there is in Arkansas, but uh, I would continue to get business because of people skills. And that was great. And I'm thankful for it. And that was a season and still is, um, you know, of course my goal would be to do Falco full time. Um, that's all of our goals. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, with having the, the desire to do it and a passion and the ability, um, you know, it was an easy yes um, to have the opportunity. And, you know, we had been we had been hunting Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, first when Josh said that, we we're like, OK, yeah. I mean, we're from southeast Arkansas, uh, you know, and, and Aaron knew about it way more than I did because he had got it, you know, in uh, that same terrain up in uh, Colorado and Dakotas and stuff like that. So he'd experienced it, but I hadn't. It was so new to me. And uh, that was the only thing that I was a little apprehensive about mm -hmm. in the beginning was, uh, it was, it was foreign to me. So it was new. And, uh, but then once I experienced it, man, and the, I mean, Josh will tell you the first time we went over there and hunted, uh, I mean, we had an absolute banger duck hunt and goose hunt. And 
I think the first group of mileage that we finished in a, in a dry bean field was about, I don't know, 1500 at 20 yards. And, and I felt like I was five again with my dad, you know, it was like all new to me again. And I was like, man, this is a, this is totally different. This is, I, I get to learn this, you know, and there was an excitement there. Um, and so, you know, after that and, and after really the desire um, that I had to do it, um, you know, building up, it was an easy yes to, to, to jump off and say, you know, and, and I will add, um, I know we all have unbelievably supportive and super wise wives. Um, and, uh, you know, she wanted me to be doing something I was passionate about. And uh, so I'm so thankful that you know she allowed she she said yes go for it you know and uh i think i'll let them speak for themselves but i think it, it was the same for both of them and um so that, that having that backing you know at home um that was that was the number one thing to allow us to feel confident moving forward what is it about three three and a half hours over there from what springdale ish yeah, yeah. 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 About three. It's actually, I mean, probably three fifteen if you do the speed limit. Well, for Fayetteville, it's probably three and a half for them. They're a little further south than me, but I could be on the the main drag all the way over there. I'm I'm about three to three fifteen. Yeah. Gotcha. I think I'm gonna ask you guys. I think we're gonna jump on the. uh, I don't. I don't want to call it a hot seat. I guess it's a little bit of a hot seat. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll, we'll start with you, Josh, and we'll go to JD, then Darren. If you could only hunt one state the rest of your life, which one would it be, Arkansas or Oklahoma? Mm, dang, man. That is a tough question. That is, that is hard. Why are you doing that? Golly. I mean, all right. So I'm going to give – I'm gonna I'm going to give you a straight answer, but I've got to – I have to qualify it a little bit. So if okay. I were going to say – if I were going to say uh, today – as the, the, the way things are today, I would say unquestionably Oklahoma mm-hmm. um, for me. And if you were to say, if you were to ask me what I know about Oklahoma now and what I know about Arkansas 15, 20 years ago, I would say I'm probably going to say Arkansas. But just the way things are trending and, and from what I know, I would say Oklahoma right now. Okay. JD? Yeah. I mean, well, that's a, that's a dagger there. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia in Arkansas that I'm building in Oklahoma. Um, but uh, I, I agree with Josh, um, kind of what I know now. Um, I would say Oklahoma right now. Okay. Aaron? Man, that's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, I will say that uh, I've become a little bit of a goose hunter as of lately, thanks to. Oklahoma and his cacklers. And, uh, <laughs> two things to shoot at and on a chase on a regular basis is better than one. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, just with the way that things have trended in Arkansas, as far as the quality of duck hunt right now, I, I guess I'd put my mm-hmm. chips on. You know, I was going to say I feel like I'm going to already know the answer to this next question, but, you know, sharing your love for geese right there might might change it. Aaron, we'll go first. Uh, with you on this one if you could only hunt ducks or geese the rest of your life which one would it be oh that one's easy it's ducks okay no doubt. Uh, I, I guess just because that's what's at the core of me and uh I, 10 years of breaking mallards 
sure. stratosphere on the White River. Kind of, I guess it's ingrained in me and always will be there. All right. I got a feeling yeah. I already know the answer to the next two, but we'll let you guys go ahead and answer anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, the city, for me, um, it'd be ducks, no doubt. Um, I love shooting ducks over water. Um, I uh, have fallen in love with goose hunting, though. I will say that. Um, I thought it was always something that people did because they didn't have ducks. <laughs> um you know what i mean growing up oh, yeah. and uh and now i freaking get it dude and uh that is not the case it's a blast and uh i want to apologize to everybody that uh grew up because <laughs> i get it now and uh i'm on the i'm 100 on the bandwagon but to me uh there's just nothing like a group of ducks breaking down uh and getting close i'm right there with you josh yeah uh so I mean, I'm like, like, like they said, you know, we were all, um, fairly green to goose hunting. I'd hunted some big, big Canada's, you know, in the river Valley South of where I, where we live. But, um, but those cacklers are a whole different level of fun. And, you know, any given day, it's really hard when, you know, you have a really good goose feed or a really good, you know, duck shoot lined up. It's tough to make a decision at this point. But if you ask me what I wanted to hunt, if I only had one. It's not just ducks. It, it's mallard. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm a mallard purist, you know, that. from the very beginning. And, uh, it's there the reason that I wanted to learn how to blow a duck call so badly. Um, so yeah, I mean, no offense to guys that hunt divers and stuff, but, um, yeah, it wouldn't, it would be mallard ducks for sure. I understand that. JD, you'll lead this one off. Who's your favorite outfitter to keep up with on social media other than your own? Man, uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I do love, I love me some Toby and I love the mm-hmm. things that Cadillac Creek has, has done, man. I, I love, uh, there's a pureness about it. Um, I feel like, uh, from the beginning, I've loved that Toby has just been him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love that, you know, we're too, um, old and have been doing this for too long to try to be somebody that we're not. Um, and so, uh, I really appreciate that about Toby and, uh, I know like we've talked and he's had some like, you know, people kind of talking down about like him just trying to be cool and sure. stuff. And that's not, and what I would say is what I would say is you don't know him. That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, man, I just, I like him. Um, we're, we've been able to, uh, kind of walk through the whole lodge deal with him and, and, uh, mm-hmm. they're built out on their stuff over there. And, uh, man, we've just become buddies. Um, and then obviously we've got a lot of other, you know, uh, Clay Forrest at Stewart Ranch is a close mm-hmm. friend of ours, man. Yep. And uh, I love Clay, and uh, you know they, uh, and, and Clay will tell you tell you this. He's not trying to run, you know, fourteen hundred people through his lodge, right. and there's something that's refreshing about that. You know, mm-hmm. cattle is their number one deal, and he uh, is blessed to have that property that they've got, and him and his family, and uh, they do a great job with it. Um, that's if you know i don't that's one of those questions i don't want to leave any of my buddies out you know but uh but i would say there's a lot man and and thankfully um you know kind of how we are we get along with a lot with you know really everybody Mm -hmm. um there's there's uh not anything in us that is uh you know of course there's competition and stuff like that but look man we're we're doing it and there's plenty of room so um 
anyway, I, yeah, I, I would say those guys. I really enjoy watching those guys. What about you, Josh? Well, that is a, such a loaded question. I mean, like, you're going to have everybody hating our guts for not bringing them up, but I oh, – uh, I'll be all right. I mean, I'm, I'm friends – I mean, I'm friends with lots of other guys that, that do outfitting. Um, if you're just asking who I – you know, I enjoy watching or, or yeah, just you know. like their stories, their posts. Yeah, unique. Yeah. It's good. I mean, maybe their pals, maybe their the professionalism, the way they set it up. I mean, everybody's kind of got a little different style to them. So nothing do. against they one do. another. Yeah. There's just some, maybe some stories that we enjoy watching a little bit more. Maybe they just resonate a little better with this. You know. Well, I mean, it's hard not to say. It's hard for me not to say Cadillac Creek and Toby because just because I know him pretty well, I have never met him in person. We never have, but we've spent lots of time on, on the phone with him and, um, and they've blown up, you know, like they, from a social media perspective, they've taken off like a Tesla rocket ship. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, probably them, but he's on there a lot too. You know, they, it's hard not to see him. Toby's very active on there. So, you know, I probably them, but you know, like Chase White at Foul Plains, mm-hmm. like I love love watching him and Megan do their thing. Absolutely. And, um, um, yeah. See, I forgot Chase. Yeah. See, I knew you're gonna get us in trouble, but no, like Clay, we love Clay Forrest. I love Toby. I love Chase White. I, I mean, the the guys at Blue Stem, we're friendly with them, and they're they're our closest competition. Um, you know, so there's Salt Plains. I mean, they've all everybody mm-hmm. kind of does their own thing. I don't. We don't really, at least from our perspective, we don't have any enemies, um, you know, in the waterfowling community. I think John David's right. I mean, there's plenty of room for us all to coexist. Um, yeah, they you all know, do a great job. Feelings going to get hurt. People going to get butt hurt at times over certain things. But at the end of the day, we're all pushing um, to try to preserve a lifestyle that is the most important thing, you know, and. If uh, I think that that should trump any kind of personal situation yeah. with anybody. What about you, Aaron? Man, from a content standpoint, and you know, I can't even honestly tell you like how much outfit. I know I think the place is more of a club. Uh, you know, Arkansas has been around for a long time, but uh, Billy Byers uh, mm-hmm. Hunt Club. Um, man, I I'm a, I'm a research nerd, so like, um, and their social media has it's jumped out to me lately and I, you know, noticed my interaction with it, uh, just cause I, you know, I, I like hearing history and the details. And one of my favorite things to do when I got in Arkansas County was to talk to the old rice farmers and, uh, you know, learn about the changes over the years. Uh, history always repeats itself. And you can just learn a lot from those folks. So I've really enjoyed their account lately. I, I think it's, uh, kind of geared towards a guy like me for sure. Definitely. All right. On back to the top, Josh. What's the most tired caption on social media? Oh golly! Um, eyes to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen that one like twelve billion times. A lab, yeah. a like side profile of a lab, and he's like looking up. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. see it right now. And I mean, we're, I've I've used it, so I'm telling. I mean, I'm oh, like, I think I'm we all have. Myself, but, if yeah, that lanyard probably... could talk. Yeah. The bands, <laughs> the, the stories they could tell. Yeah, that's it. That's a pretty good one. Eyes to the sky. What do you think, Aaron? Ooh, man. Um, I don't know. I- anything, uh, golly, I thought of one the other day that was absolutely driving me insane. You got um, Western? 
Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> that would be mine. Yeah, yeah. That got Western. Uh, man, I, yeah, I'll go with that. Or I, I, got, I do have another one. This one this one really eats at me, Like, I, and I've never used it, so I can, I'm really going to – I hate this one. It's when anyone prefaces a hunt or a um, – or, or so most time it's it's in regards to hunt, but they'll say just a quick eight, eight man yeah. or like they'll put the number of the limits and it's like just yeah. a quick morning yeah. eight man just a quick morning it's four always man. quick little yeah. we talked i talked about yeah. this i don't know it's been months now with the guy brett brett hendrix he said man why does everything got to be a quick little like a quick yeah. little why do we got to <laughs> let everybody know how fast we did it can we not just enjoy it for what it was yeah. As my mom used to say, why don't you just lay them out and measure them? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. That's... I had to throw that in there. Oh, man. I, that's hilarious because we, it, I was, uh, it made me think back to Brett. He said, everything's just a, a quick little now. It's always a quick little, quick little eight man, it's, nice, tidy little yeah. four man. Uh, we, yeah. uh, we wrapped up this 10 man in, in seven minutes and 27 seconds. You know, it's, yeah. That's pretty hilarious. You guys have <clears throat> all right. You're you're off the hot seat now. I wasn't too bad, was it? No, <laughs> man. You guys Except have got for all the buddies that I've got that I didn't mention. That's right. That's I right. That's right. You can text them and tell them, like, man, I, I it was quick, man. I, I I'm sorry he didn't tell me ahead of time what questions he was going to ask me. So you can pin it yeah, on. It's me. all good. You guys have gotten you know very involved with the marketing side of the business and. You guys are aggressive on the, the the media front, getting yourselves out there when it comes to the quality of your content, your stories. What pushed you guys to say, you know, we if we're gonna do this thing, we need to we need to do it all the way around. We need to have a strong social media presence, you know, because you got some people that are they're they're like radio silent on there. You don't hear much, you don't see anything. You just don't get much, and that's the way they want it. That's cool. And then you have some people, you know, like you guys said, like Cadillac Creek, man, you see what they're doing. You know, they were posting when they would mow them down, and then that you would see the next day when they got their asses kicked if that happened. So didn't um, happen a lot last year. You know, no, it, it don't happen very much with those guys. But they're pretty they're pretty real. They're out there, but they're they're showing you what they're doing. You know, I feel like yeah. you guys, you guys are pretty out there. I mean, you guys are you guys have an aggressive uh social media presence, I would say. What what made you guys decide to, you know, take that stance as opposed to maybe that one we're going to slip in, be quiet, keep everything low key. You guys want me to answer that? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, so when we talked originally, you know, we, uh, with the name Falco, we, we all felt like that that was a, a name that could be synonymous with more than just a hunting outfitter. Like it could be a brand. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea to do social media or like try to push it was never out of necessity. I mean, we're, we are very fortunate that all of us are, connected with people that like to you know experience a waterfowl outfitting and, and we all had contacts as such so you know we booked most of our calendar um based on you know just people that had hunted with us before or, or people that we knew and and that's what we marketed to it was never it was it, it was never and still has never been anything that really has driven business mm -hmm. 
and we've probably picked up a, a handful, maybe, um, I don't know, not very many though, that have come from social media, sure. but you know, it has allowed the brand to kind of, you know, form this identity of its own. And, you know, when you have a brand that it just opens doors down the road, sure. you know, if we want, if we were going to try to, you know, I'm not, so we don't have plans for anything right at the moment, but I mean, at some point down the road, if we stay on the ch- same trajectory, then that could spin off other opportunities. And, and, um, you know, that was really the whole, the whole mindset behind it was just to try to try to get the brand awareness up. Um, you know, if we ever wanted to try to do something else with it as time goes on, you know, open a new location, you know, where we might not have the contacts to, that, that we had to, to fill Oklahoma and, and uh, at least the brand is out there and it's got a following where we could start to pull from social media if we, need, if we needed to. Definitely. So, you know, I think there's a place for, for all types. You know, I think the people that want to kind of be low key flying or the radar, if that strategy fits them and they're comfortable with where they're at, I think that's a great strategy. And for the people that want to put themselves out there, create a little bit more of a lifestyle, a little bit more of a brand, if that works for you, I think that's great. You know, dive bomb, we're certainly more, well, not certainly more. We certainly are on the very, very aggressive side of putting ourselves out there and everything we do out there. I just feel like right. in today's um, just the times that we're in right now, I feel like it's critical. You know, I'm certainly one that believes that that social media has probably led to, you know, quite a lot of negative things. I think we'd all probably agree that that. um you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube has probably led to some things that are less desirable when it comes to our sport. But I don't think anybody can deny the opportunities and the relationships and some of the things that have been created with the explosion of social media. So uh, I, yeah. I can't complain about it. Dive Bomb, we we love social media. We love keeping up with people on social media. And, um, you know, we're certainly, <clears throat> certainly on the aggressive side of it. You guys established Falco, you said 2017. So I'm sure you have experienced your share of ups and downs as all new businesses do. Let's start with the ugly. What are some of the times that you'd like to forget or when things didn't go exactly as planned that come to the forefront of your minds? Man, pop in, fellas. I don't. Yeah, Aaron, can you think of one? Yeah, I mean, I, I there was just some, you know, time where we spent we were really cutting our teeth. Uh, you know, I, like Josh said earlier, he had some experience with uh, big canned geese uh, as well as I did, you know, from guiding in Eastern Colorado and uh, South Dakota. But back then, they were all graders, so I, you know, I think you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'd say definitely in that first year. Uh, there was a it was a poor hatch that year as well. So, uh, you know, our first year of really getting over there, learning the ground, um, you know, learning new tricks, how to kill geese and be productive at that with a, a bunch of 15 year old uh, cackler geese from none of the Canada floating around. Uh, those were some those were some trials and tribulations. I think those are some harder days. And I think after three years of being over there and hunting, uh, this year it all really kind of came together for us and. Uh, kind of got to see the fruits of our labors all that chipping away we did the first year or two for sure mm-hmm. yeah I yeah mean, yeah go ahead josh you know, no the only other thing i mean from a business perspective you know is it's the hardest part of any business is people and 
you know, we, we, we haven't had a ton, we haven't faced a ton of adversity from a, like an overall business perspective. I mm-hmm. mean, the business has done, it's, it's taken off, I think faster than any of us have ever would have ever expected it to. But, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with multiple different people and everybody's, you know, luckily with the guides, like we've had phenomenal success with our guides and, and the majority of our staff, but we've, we've faced a little adversity with like uh, housekeeping, you know, type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily we found someone that's, that's fit that role, but really, I mean, it, from my perspective, that's been the hardest part is, is getting and maintaining, keeping people, you know, that sort of buy into the, the, whole foundation of what we're trying to do you know the culture so to speak so you know that's that's probably been the the most difficult thing to to try and manage um you know other than a bird pen that we built getting blown down by 100 mile an hour straight line winds you know and our dog channel getting blown up by the same thing that's those are you know that's stuff that can be fixed but um yeah i'd say the people part is those are the things that i'd like to forget you know Mm Anytime you 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 have to manage people, that uh, adds an element of uh, difficulty. There's different expectations. There's uh, you know different mindsets, and uh, sure. you know I'm I'm super thankful that that in this, um, you know, we talked earlier before we started about roles, and I think that that's one thing that um, has been super awesome. Is I feel like our roles have naturally established. Um, and you know, knock on wood, but you know, this is three seasons that we spend four months together and we never have had a knockdown drag out, um, argument. You know, I think the three of us are really good at, at being transparent and, um, something's bugging us, you know, we kill it when it's small. And, uh, you know, I think that, that, um, that, that we're super fortunate in that. So far, uh, I'm not saying there's things that like Josh or Aaron had done that hadn't bugged me. You know, we're not perfect. We're human. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like in a marriage. It's not if you're going to fight. It's how you respond to that. For sure. And uh, and I think that, you know, it's, we've responded well so far. And that's the prayer is that we continue to do that. You know. Yeah. And, you know, Asher, we, we have there's nine of us that that live under the same roof, you know, for that whole four month period. And, um, you know, we're only, uh, we're one guy, uh, you know, that's changed over the course of the last three, well, almost four seasons, um, that, you know, everybody else is still there. And I mean, it's a family environment now. I mean, we all pull on, we all know it, like John David said, we all kind of found our lane, you know, what works the best. And, um, it's pretty rare. I mean, like, I mean, I say the people part's been hard, but from that, from that, that group, I mean, it's been phenomenally easy just because, you know, everybody sort of has learned how to do things, what we expect, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a blessed environment. I mean, we're like, we all love each other and yeah, we have, minor dis- disagreements about things at times but like like john david said we've never had a a serious crossword since we've been there which is uh, kind of unbelievable really to me yeah i mean you're going on long long days 
and very, very little sleep. You know, I think everybody, whenever you're not well rested, it's pretty easy to get irritable. At least I know for myself when I don't have a lot of sleep, it's, you know, I get probably frustrated a little bit quicker than I do when I'm well rested. So for you guys to be able to understand, um, you know, that everybody's doing the absolute very best they can for the good of Falco Outfitters, I think that's extremely important. Two things that I kind of want to highlight is from a harvest number standpoint, you guys freaking mash this year. Like I felt like every other day I was watching a story of you guys <laughs> mowing. I mean, just, just <laughs> hammering. Like you guys had a hell of a season. And then I think another thing that um, I've said it before that I kind of take away from what you guys were just talking about is talking about how, you know, you're, being a guide is not all about just being a good waterfowl killer and knowing how to kill different species, whether it be over water or over land. Honestly, I, I think that's maybe 25% of the most important part of being a guide, but rather managing people and personalities. I mean, you have different groups coming in every few days, you know, whatever, three days, four days. You've got a son and his six-year-old. You got a bachelor party. You've got three generations of grandpa, dad, and son. I mean, you have to manage people differently based on their personality and their expectations. And I think by far, not even close, that's the most important part of being a guide. And then being able to be a skilled waterfowl killer is, it ranks a lot lower than then I think what most people think that they look around on Instagram and say, man, I want to be a guide. And it's like, well, you better learn how to manage people or you better be good with people if you want to make it in this industry. Because I think that that is so overlooked because of what is portrayed on social media these days. I totally agree. Asher. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's, it, it, no matter what business you're in, the older I get, it's, you know, the more I, I tell every you know, young person that's around me, um, that I'm trying to influence that it, it, it's, it's all people driven business. It doesn't matter whether you're selling sprockets or you're, you know, selling duck hunts. It, it's, um, that, that is the art of the whole thing is, is being driven and having people skills. And then you too can be a walking cliche, you know, with a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing that we tell our guides, and I mean, obviously we don't have to tell them anymore, but and kind of something that we say is every day is opening day. Dang right. And uh, every time that somebody rolls through that gate, Falco, it might be their opening day. And uh, even though we've been at it for 40 days, 50 days, um, you better come with that same attitude that you had the first day. Heck yeah. um, I don't care how tired you are. And, you know, that's the only thing that our guys will ever hear from us is uh, check your attitude and, uh, you know, pick it up. Uh, we don't have a lot of, a lot of trouble with that, you know, praise the Lord, but you know, we are all humans and we are being pushed to the limit, you know, during that season. And so we have to be reminded of that, that, uh, you know, these pay, these people are, are paying for an experience and uh, we're going to give them that experience. 
we don't, you know, a lot of outfitters, they'll butt up their groups where you'll have a group leave on Thursday afternoon or whatever, and the next group won't show up till Friday. We don't do that. Like our groups are overlapped. So every, and this is for a 84 days straight, other than, you know, a couple of days around each holiday, you know, you leave on group leaves on Thursday after lunch, the next group shows up two hours later. And we oh, do that. Every, so there's never, there's never a break. Yeah. You know, you don't ever get, other than the holidays, we're going every single day from 4.30 in the morning till 11 o'clock or midnight. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, you're rolling on limited sleep, you know, and you got to really dig deep to keep your attitude right. And so our dynamic is, you know, myself, John, David, Aaron, we sort of, you know, we don't really have a set schedule, but they have groups that are sort of their, got their relationships, you know, for the most part. And then I'll have groups that are mine. Right. And, and so those are the groups that we kind of, we'll focus on individually, but we all try to spend time, you know, the three of us, we're sort of the face of it. And I bet might be a little different because I hear that a lot from our clientele, like, man, you know, you guys do a really good job of, of spending quality time with your clients. When a, a lot of places we go, the only people we meet are the guides, you know, and, and they don't get to ask questions. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've all answered probably, you know, a bunch of the same exact questions, oh, but yeah. it's all good. You know, we're, we're, that's what it's all about. And you're exactly right. You know, the, the, there are outfitters that they're focused number one and above all else on, on putting people on birds and killing birds. And that's it. You know, they, it's almost like you're, you're paying to come and hunt with me. And uh, there, there's a place for that. There's no question there is. I mean, there's a market for it. Um, our, our deal is because we're such relationship driven individuals yeah, that would never work for us. So, you know, we kind of come at it from a overall experience angle where, you know, not only are you going to get fed the best food we can feed you, you're going to go on the best hunt we can put you on. Um, but by the end of it, we're going to be friends. We're going to know who you are, where you're from, how many kids you got, you know, what you're about. And hopefully the, you know, all of that in combination is what's going to drive you to want to come back. And and hopefully over time you beca- you come back to five with your friends as much as you come back for anything. So, you know, that's because waterfowl hunting is a social game. You know, it's a social activity. And, you know, I was telling another guy on the last podcast about this. I feel like it just means so much more um, when you're, when you have a bang up hunt, it's, it means so much more when you're with people that you know, and you care about Mm -hmm. versus, you know, maybe some random guy that you just met. I mean, I hope, not, not to say there's anything wrong with that, but it, it, you know, it totally, it, I feel like for me, if I'm with my buddies, man, we're high-fiving, we're giving each other hugs. Like it's, and now our clientele's got to the point where they're all those guys. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty special thing. That's yeah. Awesome. Every hunt's a buddy hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we talked about some of the bad stuff. Let's talk about some of the really good moments that stuck out. I know there's certainly more, um, that you guys have had, I could tell you that based on your last season, uh, that we could fit into any amount of time that we could do on this podcast. But what are some highlights or special times, moments that come to mind since this thing started? It doesn't necessarily have to be a hunt. It could be whenever you freaking welcome the first group or uh, gave somebody a tour of the lodge. But just maybe, um, just maybe something special that sticks out since this thing got going. My, I, I mean, I. You want me to go? You guys, I'll go first on go this ahead. one. If you guys, want to. yeah, um, go ahead. The uh, 
so we have the uh, opportunity every year to to take this group of veterans um and you know i think <laughs> it's hard it's hard to have hunting you know really involved in any of these stories because the, you know our place has become a, a mission at least for me and i think i speak for the other two it's a it's a place where lives are being changed it's not just it's so much more than just a, a place where people come to hunt um but anyway so this group there it's a military group that comes out every year uh based in virginia and this one guy in particular um i probably won't bring his name up but um anyway first night he's there he's part of this group and we're sitting at the kitchen table and he's telling me the story uh the guy's done 14 years as a c-130 pilot you know flying dead bodies and and in combat back and forth from Iraq, Afghanistan and whatnot. And so he's already dealt with, dealt with that. You know, he's got a, uh, he's got a son that's got special needs to the point where he'll probably never leave home um, dealing with that. And then finds out when his daughter's six years old, that she has terminal cancer. So I'm like, golly, you know, like this is just ripping my, ripping my heart out, you know, that, and we're, we're sitting at the kitchen table or the dining room table and, and I'm tearing up and he's tearing up. And, you know, we talked about faith and, and, um, you know, how he felt towards God in that whole time. And, and luckily it drew him to God, you know, which was a really incredible testimony and story. But anyway, this guy, um, he's got his daughter at St. Jude, um, over undergoing treatment. He's been there. His wife's like, you have to leave and go get out of here for a while. So long story short, he ends up going to Cabela's, never, you know, waterfowl hunted in his life, ends up going to the dog section and starts reading a book, looking at a book about dog training and just has this epiphany that maybe if I had a dog, you know, I could, my daughter and I could train it and we could, maybe I'd want to become a waterfowl hunter. So he um, goes back, tells his wife this, and he and his daughter, um, and end up training this Labrador. They get a lab, they end up training it. You know, she's undergoing treatment. Praise God, this little girl beat the odds and made it, you know, and she's almost in full, um, full remission and recovery, but they trained this dog together. And Asher, I can tell you out of the 12 years that I've guided, I mean, we've had lots of people bring dogs, you know, and very, very few of them are worth their salt, you know, right. and it's just the way it is. Yeah. Everybody thinks their dog's legit. <laughs> Most of the time they're not. Right. Um, they are to them, you know, not just, but not, you know, uh, really worth bringing out on a hunt with eight, eight guys. But, um, anyway, this guy has his dog and she's by far one of the best dogs that I'd ever hunted over, you know, that a client had brought probably the best one. So he and I became really close friends and we still, I cherish that relationship. I got to meet his daughter. She, he brought her during youth day last year. And that's probably one of the more special, you know, things that's happened for me. Um, from Falco, you know, uh, from a relation, new relationship and just really cool and, and deep, meaningful stuff, you know, that's come from it. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah that is. I've got a lot, man. Like, so I will say that, like, you know, Aaron and I were talking about doing this, you know, before uh, really we even sat down and, and, and talked to Josh and, uh, I'll never forget, I'm, you know, Josh is right. We have lots of incredible, like, relational stories and, you know, just life transformation and cool stuff that's happened. But, uh, like, I will never forget when we got, I mean, the lodge 
got done so quickly, dude. Like in five and a half months, the wetland, the lodge, and the guide quarters and everything were operable. And uh, I'll never forget the first group. And Aaron, you might need to help me on this. But the first group had left, and uh, it was just epic. And uh, I remember we're sitting out. Everybody, everybody was gone. We're waiting on the next group to come in. And Aaron and I, I think Josh is out there with us. And we just had this moment where it was so surreal, like the stuff that we've been working our butts off for so long and taking trusting steps and, like, you know, just, just going for it. And, uh, it like everything that we had prayed it would be, it was that first weekend. And we were sitting out on the back porch and I'll never forget this, dude. Uh, me and Aaron just like got up and walked over to each other and just hugged, just hugged it out. And it was just this moment of like, dude, it happened, you know, like we're doing. And, uh, anyway, hopefully Aaron's got a more funny one. Cause I will say. We're right now on this conversation, you know, we're seeming all serious and stuff. We're, you know, I'd put us up against any, any, uh, group at hunting camp. We're going to have the most fun and you're going to laugh a lot, but, uh, it's hard to talk about, you know, where Falco is now, um, from where it started and not, you know, I wouldn't say get choked up, but man, just like thinking back and just saying, thank you, Lord, you know, it worked out like what you put in our hearts to do and take steps. Like it happened and it worked out and, uh, it, it is working out and, uh, I'll just, I'll never forget that moment. No, that's incredible, man. It's just kind of one of those times where you just, it just comes to your mind. Like, wow. Like I'm so lucky, man. man. I'm so blessed. Like there's so many other directions that this thing or even my life in general has gone. And here I sit, um, having accomplished what, we hope to set out to do and it's just one of those moments where you just yeah you appreciate it for what it is man so i think yeah, i think man. that's absolutely awesome i really do that's yeah, cool that's cool yeah i'm i'm right there with john david i mean it's it's the whole thing is you know i, I feel like a walking cliche and i say that a lot um you know it's always a saying that you you know do something you love you never work a day in your life and i mean i just really one of those people that took that to heart uh, um early age and I only found two jobs I love or one job I found two jobs that I love but um man a story I I, I, I'll funny it up a little bit at least tell a decent story um there's a customer that I've guided for close to 17 years uh and he's just a rough old character named Dale Baylett shout out to Dale Baylett in (laughs) Georgia um but he for years uh man we took a took a got a formed a relationship when i was really young 21 years old you know and i was just you know green guiding timber in south arkansas and uh dale's never wanted to really like fish you a compliment at all in any way shape or form but his <laughs> his joke always was that he called me peter pan because he said that i would never grow up you know um and he said everybody i guided with he called them the lost boys and you know kind of always poked fun at me telling me i should go get a job at a bank and do this and that you know that's too kind of are like Peter be, Pan, though. Dog. I know, I know, it's true. I don't wear the real <laughs> but, he, uh, but he did. He always kind of messed with me and uh, told me to do things. And when Falco started, and uh, I called Dale up and just said, "Hey, Dale, you know, we're starting this thing. Really love you to come over here and 
And without even looking at a website or a picture or anything, I sent him. He said, "Okay, I'll be here these days." <laughs> he showed up with his son, and when I uh, we pulled up to the lodge, I, I picked him up at Oklahoma City Airport, and I pulled up to the lodge, and he didn't say anything. And we walked in the lodge, and he looked around, and he didn't say anything. And we kind of walked over by the kitchen. He didn't say anything, and he just turned to me and he said, "Well, Peter, you really clung to it." And for me, <laughs> uh, that that actually was probably in my 17-year relationship with Dale Paylett, uh was the highest compliment the man has ever given me. And that I was the first pretty time, great duck hunt <laughs> in my life. So I, there was a a little bit of selfish satisfaction in there to kind of uh, oh, go back in his face and kind of watch his reaction, uh, you know, to my hard work. And but, awesome. but truthfully known, uh, Dale, Dale uh, has always been a, a huge supporter of, of everything I've ever done. And he's a good friend. That's so. awesome, man. It's like yeah. that but, makes me think of those movies where the kid, all they, all they want is just some affirmation from their dad or their grandpa just to tell them they did a good <laughs> yeah. job. You know? And uh, oh, that's, that's, that is exactly what it was. And I never, never could oh, get a thank you man. out of him or anything, you know? So, yeah, that, yeah, well, he, you know, he did, he did like, we all know Dale now. And he's, he does after if you met him, I mean, he comes off as about as, about as, you know, rough <laughs> as, he, as they mm-hmm. come. I mean, he don't care. If it hurts anybody's feeling, he's going to be down no matter what. But That's he awesome. did send us, you know, probably the sweetest email, you know, that we've ever gotten from anybody That's after awesome. last season and just like, you know, saying our praises. So, you know, we got to see his heart a little bit. Sure. And he wasn't, uh, he was kind of, he was kind of Dale that, probably the Dale that a lot of people don't ever get to see in that email, which is kind of really special. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. It, it's, you know, even even the guys with the big shells, you know, that's what's made all three of us pretty successful. With this deal is we're willing to chip away at just about anybody and really get down to the core of who they are and um, just be thankful for every relationship and try not to complain about any first world problems. If you will, you know. Absolutely. Well, guys, I've I've really enjoyed this, man. Mm-hmm. I I really appreciate you all taking taking your time out of busy schedules to hop on here with me today. I know you. You all have a lot going on, um, and I, I do. I I thank you a ton, the three of you, to to hop on here with me, man. You guys had a hell of a season last year. It was so much fun to watch, and I I know. You I mean, are we not going to talk about dive bomb, uh, man? You know, I, we talk about dive bomb a lot. I, I really, I wanted to get you guys on here and talk about Falco. I wanted to, good. Man. I wanted to know well, the story. I wanted to know how it started, how you guys met, and you know, I, I think we accomplished that. We're honored that you guys run our decoys. I mean, you, you guys are. I think people can can honestly at this point, uh, uh, an hour and twenty two minutes in it, people are people can understand what kind of kind of guys you are. Uh, your quality people running a top-notch operation, and it's it's. We don't need to talk about our decoys. We're proud to have you guys uh, running them. People that follow your we stuff, they've seen our stuff uh, in y'all's pictures, in y'all's in y'all's media, and we're uh, we're just proud to have them in there. So we we appreciate you guys' support on that front. Um, you know, we really do. It's 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 an honor. Man, same. Well, we we're gonna see you this fall, hopefully, Asher, and get to shake your hand, man. It's been a Hey, well, man, if you guys get a chance to, you know, I know you guys are busy. You got, you got your own lives. You got kids. You got, you know, Aaron's there at the Falco Retrievers. You got, you know, building houses and everything else. But, but Squad Fest that's coming up June 11th and 12th, 
if you guys can find a way to make your make your way to St. Louis that weekend, it's going to be a blast. And if you can't make it, that's okay. But if you can, we'd love to see you there. Man, that yeah, sounds great. It's going to be a lot of fun. But um, man, we uh, wish you guys nothing, nothing but the best moving forward. And um, you know, I know, know I'll talk to all you guys soon. And uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thanks, guys. See you later. There it is. Story of Falco Outfitters. Those are some good men right there. Like I said, proud to have them running our product. Squad Fest will be here before we know it. We just talked about it June 11th and 12th. I promise you do not want to miss it. Head over to our YouTube channel. Don't miss everything we got coming there. Lots of great videos. Until next time, y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast.